Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm K.W. Taylor. Today, I'm very excited. We're diving into spooky season. We're discussing two Halloween-y movies of very different tones, Hocus Pocus 2 and The Innkeepers. (laughs) (laughs) These are so different. Yes. But, well, I think they're... They have the one common theme of both not being gruesome slasher extreme horror, right? Yes. At all. Yes. Yeah. So, great. I have never seen either Hocus Pocus movie. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay. So, well, the reason I picked this, Mm -hmm. I watched it the night after I got home from the Ren Fair because I was tired and wanted something like gentle... (laughs) But still <laughs> Halloweeny. Yeah. <laughs> and this had just come out, so I was very excited. The first one came out in 1992, which <laughs> is much longer than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it was... I, I don't really remember watching it as a kid. Like, I sort of do. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. And then I went through a period in, like, college era where everyone liked it. And I was like, this this is kind of silly. And then <laughs> and a couple of years ago, I watched it again. I was like, oh, I, I see it now. This is fun. <laughs> it's just like very corny and for obviously for kids. Yeah. But it's it's fun to to just see everyone be silly. <laughs> so do you know the main premise of the first one? Barely. Okay. Yeah. This is explained to our audience and me. Okay. So the first movie... There's a high school kid and Max and his little sister, Danny, and Max's crush, whose name I can't remember, sorry. And (laughs) (laughs) they, through a series of events, end up lighting this black flame candle, and it's Halloween night, and it's a full moon or something like that. So (laughs) it brings back the Sanderson sisters, who are played by Bette Midler as Winifred, Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah and Kathy Najimi as Mary. Mm-hmm. And they want to stay alive. So they have to like eat a child or sacrifice a child or something like that. So they go after Danny. And then the whole story, the whole movie is about like Max protecting Danny and trying to get rid of the Sanderson sisters because if they don't do this ritual before sunrise, They'll fade away again, and they're witches, right? They're oh yes, like sorry. The ghost, the ghosts of witches, or whatever. They're not really ghosts. They're they're just witches. They like okay. actually come back to life. Okay. So in book, uh, not book two. Oh my gosh! In the second movie, <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a similar plot, but uh, yeah, it's thirty years on, which is crazy, mm-hmm. and that we've got new protagonists. So. Becca is the main girl, and she's played by Whitney Peake. And then her best friend, Izzy, is played by Belissa Escobedo. And they're in high school. They're, Becca's turning 16. It's her birthday that day on Halloween. And they always, like, since they were kids, the two of them and their other best friend, Cassie, played by Lilia Buckingham, they would do, like, witchy things in the woods and just, like, be girls, you know? Mm-hmm. So they've got this ritual where they go out to the woods and light a candle and then have fun. 
And they, you realize pretty quickly that they're on the outs with Cassie because Cassie has recently gotten a boyfriend, Mike, played by Froy Gutierrez. And he's really kind of not very smart. <laughs> and um, he's, he seems like a lot of fun and they obviously like each other. But Becca and Izzy just kind of felt pushed aside and... Like every time Cassie wanted to hang out, Mike would be there and Mike's friends. So they grew apart a little bit. Mm -hmm. Becca goes to this magic shop, Old Salem Magic Shop, (laughs) which is the former home of the Sanderson sisters. Mm -hmm. And it's run by Gilbert, played by Sam Richardson, who's great. And he gives Becca a candle for her birthday. And then she goes out to the woods and lights the candle and oh no it is a black flame candle and the sanderson sisters are back oh no (laughs) and she and izzy are like uh (laughs) what the heck gilbert (laughs) (laughs) and it turns out gilbert was a kid when the sanderson sisters came back in 1993 and he saw them defeated and he he actually wanted to bring them back so he gave her a black flame candle on purpose and yeah it's a really dumb mistake and he comes to realize that and because i was really upset at first because i really liked him Mm -hmm. and then i was like gilbert how could you do that (laughs) (laughs) and then he sort of learns the errors of his ways and he's like "Uh oh (laughs) maybe it wasn't smart to bring back these 300 year old witches (laughs) yeah (laughs) so he's he gets redeemed in the end which is good but yeah so it brings back the sanderson sisters as I said, Winnie is played by Bette Midler, Sarah is played by Sarah Jessica Parker, and Mary is played by Kathy Najimy. And it's very clear that everyone is just having a lot of fun, <laughs> which is what I like from a good sequel that's made 30 years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the plot is really simple. You know, they Becca and Izzy are trying to get rid of the St. Orson sisters, and they convince the sisters that they are like, they're not children. They're not teenagers because they don't want to be sacrificed. They convince them that they're just really young looking witches. Oh. (laughs) And (laughs) which leads to some funny things. They're like, the Sanderson sisters are like, take us to your apothecary. And they take them to a Walgreens. (laughs) (laughs) They, they, send them to the beauty aisle and they're all they're like eating these lotions and the face masks and everything because they oh. think it'll it'll make them young again gross <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then cassie gets involved because she is throwing a party at her house and her dad is the mayor of the town and he's played by tony hale oh from arrested development yes yeah and um well, first of all, there's a little <laughs> there's a little funny plot plot point where there's like a famous candy apple person coming to the Halloween fair that night <laughs> and the line's always like super long and his name's Mayor Trask. He like all he wants is his candy apple. <laughs> <laughs> but the Sanderson sisters realize that he is he's the descendant of I don't remember what the pastor or something back in their day 
oh. who led the the charge uh, against them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they start to, they go after him. Mm-hmm. They're like, we want revenge on him. <laughs> but Becca and sorry, it's hard to remember these names for some reason. <laughs> Becca and Izzy are like, well, that's our friend's dad. Like, we're not really friends with her, but like, that's, she's going to be really mad. (laughs) (laughs) So they like, they call him and they're like, Cassie's throwing a party (laughs) and get her in trouble. And he, but he goes home. So he's not at the Halloween fair Uh. and he doesn't get his apple. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) It's like, I'm really invested in him getting his candy apple. (laughs) (laughs) But then because of that, Cassie gets involved and, you know, over the course of the movie, they work their stuff out and they're like, oh, we're sorry we're not friends anymore. And like, let's be friends again. And it's just really sweet. Aww. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to spoil all the how the thing ends, but their <laughs> end goal is to, you know, get rid of the Sanderson sisters so they're not wreaking havoc on the town and all that <laughs> stuff. But one of the things that I really loves this is a trope that i i like when someone from the past comes to the present mm-hmm. and is amazed by the technology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i thought they leaned into that really well in this one cool when they go to the walgreens <laughs> there's a automatic door mm-hmm. <laughs> and it opens for becca and izzy and they're just like oh, she's powerful <laughs> And then there's a scene where they they go into the mayor's house and someone says something and it activates Siri. Oh, no. Or Alexa <laughs> or something. And Mary's like, sister, there's a woman trapped in that little box. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just very silly, but like very cute and heartwarming. And mm-hmm. I got a kick out of the whole movie, basically. So yeah, I I really liked it. I think they do something very interesting at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't want to super give it away, but I think it it really highlights that this is a story about not just sisters but friends and then, you know, the sisters are friends and they care very much about each other and then it's paralleled with Becca and Izzy and Cassie. And I just really thought that was sweet. And, you know, I walked I walked away from this with, like, a really warm feeling. And I was just like, that was a nice way to spend a Saturday night. Aww. <laughs> so. Cool. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I was too old to really probably like the first one. Um, yeah. Because I think it was for people a lot younger than me. So I don't know. I don't know if I should dive into this but i mean they sound cute i love sarah jessica parker but i don't know we'll see <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what to tell you because i think you have to really be in the mindset of a kid when you watch yeah. the first one so yeah well maybe <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you to go out and watch it <laughs> but right before we move on mm-hmm. just a quick rundown of a couple other cast members uh-huh. hannah waddingham makes an appearance as a witch mm-hmm. in the 1600s and there's there's a good bit at the beginning of the the sanderson sisters as kids oh so taylor henderson plays young winifred juju journey brenner plays young sarah 
and Nina Kitchen plays young Mary. And I just want to give kudos to them because they did so well with the mannerisms. Oh, fun. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just really cute. And this was directed by Anne Fletcher. Oh. Always want to shout out a female director. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool. Yeah. Well, I might, I might try it. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The Halloween-y movie that you chose is Mm -hmm. very different in tone. Yes, but it's still not like, it's it's scary, but it's scary in more of a psychological way, and it's not gruesome, really. Okay. There's a couple moments that are a little bit bloody, but this is essentially a ghost story, so it's, it's more spooky than anything. So this is called The Innkeepers. And it's from 2011. And I saw this by myself, probably on like HBO or something soon after it had been in the theaters. And I don't remember why I watched it by myself. But I rewatched it with my husband on the same night that you watched Hocus Pocus 2. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So this was written and directed by Ty West, who is getting a lot of press lately for some of his other movies, X and Pearl, which both came out in 2022. But I know him more from The House of the Devil from 2009, which is another not-as-gruesome, atmospheric horror movie um, that I really like. So this one, I just like I just noticed that it was on Peacock and was like, oh, yeah, that's, let's watch that. <laughs> and I'm really glad I did. It, really, it was really one of these quiet, gentle horrors, like, okay. like, a, like a Mike Flanagan. So I think you might really dig this. So Sarah Paxton plays Claire. And she's a very young worker at this old inn called the Yankee Peddler, which I think is in, it's a real inn in Connecticut. Oh. But it's like a fictionalized version of that. And okay. she she works like front desk and does like maid stuff and just kind of like general. It seems like they're down to just a few employees because the place is getting ready to close. Okay. And so it's like the last weekend before they're going to shut her forever. And Claire is working that weekend with uh, Luke, who's played by Pat Healy, who is another kind of front desk person. And even though they're, he's like kind of older than her, but not super much. And they both seem like kind of youngish slacker types. And they're just kind of like, not really invested in their quote unquote career. But also, the thing is that like, if you have to work the last weekend of your dumb front desk job that's about to end (laughs) you're not going to be real on your a game basically so they a lot of it is in the early parts of the movie are actually really funny they're some of the only characters in the film too oh okay there are a couple others which i'll get to but there you see just them quite a bit and so they joke around and blah blah blah, and it's like they they're just kind of like whatever but the thing that's funny is there's rumors the hotel is haunted by this ghost named Madeline O'Malley, who was a bride who was left at the altar. And so she supposedly hanged herself in the hotel Ooh. after that happened. And the rumor was that the body was hidden in the basement by the hotel owners to not alarm the other guests. Oh, my God. So it's a little but it's just a rumor. It's just like, you know, local folklore. Yeah. But Luke is trying, and again, this is from 2011, so some of the technology is a little 
like on the edge. So Luke's big thing is we're going to make all this money because I'm going to film the ghost and film evidence and record EVP and all this, but I'm going to put it all on a website and that's somehow going to make us all this money. And Claire's like, (laughs) okay, but she also is, she's kind of into it, but you know, and he shows her a draft of his website and it's awful even for 2011 (laughs) standards. So, and she acts all impressed, but it's on this dumb little laptop and they're just kind of like they're so they're so dumb at everything (laughs) like they don't they don't know how to work this kind of business model that they're thinking of but they do have all this like they've got a pretty you know fancy camera and all this like audio recording equipment which is fairly nice and so the idea is that they're just going to work this like 12 hour shifts over this whole weekend just by themselves and they're going to manage that by like one of them will be asleep in another in an empty room. They've only got a couple of guests left. And so at some points, there's only going to be one of them awake in the hotel. And mm-hmm. they um, so the deal is that if you're doing overnight, that you're going to have plenty of time to walk around and record audio and take EVP readings and stuff. Okay. So I feel like it's that they agree that Claire is going to take the first night shift overnight, which seems not great. Like, yeah, get the get the younger, tiny woman to do this by herself. <laughs> that seems fine. The only people staying in the hotel over the weekend are this angry mom who has left her husband or something and her son. And they're just kind of like the mom is a total Karen and keeps complaining about there's no towels. And they're like, well... <laughs> Everything, there's only like five rooms still open, so you know, deal with it. What are you going to do? Fire us. And she's just irritating. But then there's this other woman who comes to stay, Leanne Reese Jones, played by Kelly McGillis. And she is like a former actress who has now become like a psychic healer. And she goes oh. around to conventions doing like psychic healer stuff. And uh, she <laughs> okay. has all these like psychic abilities randomly lena dunham has a very tiny role in this movie as a barista but they she's only in like half a scene that was kind of like oh weird and i'm not any great fan of hers but it was kind of funny so anyway but anyway so claire is kind of like doing audio recordings and evps and so luke is asleep and then one night she's just doing this by herself and she starts to hear voices and music and there's like a big grand piano in the lobby that starts playing by itself and then like later she gets really scared and luke is no help and she's later asleep and she sees madeline's ghost in her room so it kind of goes a little bit from there that we've got kind of the first half of the movie is a lot of setup and a lot of humor and you get to really like these characters and care about them and then kind of the last half is really spooky and scary and upsetting and you know claire tries to reach out to lee to help her like figure out what's in the hotel and and fix it and lee is somewhat helpful but also it's clear that even though she can sense these things it's a little bit out of her control okay and there's kind of like a big climax that is extremely stressful and i will warn you that it's it sort of ends up kind of more sad than anything so it does have that in common with like a mike flanagan like a haunting of hill house (laughs) kind of a thing yeah but 
Sarah Paxton and Pat Healy are both really, really delightful and um, a lot of fun. And there is this kind of sad feeling like that Luke does have a crush on Claire, but she's really oblivious and she's way too young and he would never do anything. But it kind of makes a lot of it even sadder. And Uh But I really liked that tonal shift. And I love how (laughs) there's an old joke in an episode of The Office where um, the character of Aaron is dating one of the other characters and she doesn't like that he keeps making her watch horror movies because she doesn't like them. And she's remarking on this to another character and says, I always like the beginning where they're a happy family before all the bad things happen. (laughs) And that is such this movie, like the beginning could be this fun slacker workplace comedy almost. Mm -hmm. And then it just gets really, you know, upsetting. Yeah. But the atmosphere is really good. It's the kind of thing that if you do watch it super late at night by yourself with all the lights off, I didn't have bad dreams, but I was worried I would. <laughs> okay. And uh, it is the kind of thing that that really sticks with you. And I don't know, I think it's saying a lot about fate and trust and friendship and protecting each other and guilt and loss. And yeah, but it's... You know, I don't want to say it's beautifully shot because you'll make fun of me, but it is beautifully (laughs) shot. It is so beautifully shot. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I think this is one of these that was, you know, fairly kind of indie produced and probably not a very high budget. They filmed at the Real Inn. The cast and crew stayed at the Real Inn when they filmed it. Oh, wow. And I think that probably made it more stressful for them because the real inn is supposedly haunted (laughs) and it's still open so i think they took advantage of all of that and there was a filming there was kind of a sense of you know (laughs) dread and fear and you can sense the actors seeming stressed at certain points wow yeah and this is one of those this type of horror film is I think one that you're not going to see it break a lot of rules or be that like amazingly groundbreaking in any way. It's going to hit a lot of the notes. And, you know, when you're thinking about genre, those are two approaches to take. Like if you really adhere to the genre to such an extent that it just very exemplifies it, I find that effective and fine. Yeah. And I also find it effective and fine if you do something to break it a little bit this one doesn't really do the latter but it does the first so well that it just feels like yes you set out to do the thing and you did the thing so it's very satisfying you did the thing (laughs) i know exactly what you're saying yeah i mean if you like horror movies if you like something in a certain genre Mm -hmm. like you don't need it to break the rules you just need it to entertain you yeah and it's going to entertain you if it does hit those beats. So that sounds mm-hmm. exci- exciting yeah. to me. I don't need it to reinvent the genre, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have to. So, yeah. And I think some of the, the writer-director's other stuff does a little bit more to to break through with changes in convention. But also, he's really good at not. He's really good at not. The House of the Devil, his earlier film, didn't really break stuff. And I liked that, too. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I just I think I think I may try to see more of his work because I if this is part of his jam then I'm all about it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. 
I'm going to put that on my list. Put it on your list. I think you would like it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So as a reminder, where can we see both Hocus Pocus movies? Do you know? You can find them on Disney+. Plus. Cool. Well, The Innkeepers is streaming a couple of different places. I watched it on Peacock. I think it might also be on Freebie, but I'm not sure. So if you have Premium Peacock, check for it there first. I just looked it up. It's on the Free Peacock as well. Oh, great. And Freebie. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Watch it with the ads. Watch it with the ads. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we'll be talking about more great pop culture stuff, probably more spooky things. So be sure to join us then. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can also find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com. And from there, you can find the link to our merch store, as well as our email, PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. Please, if you're enjoying the show, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.